Hi, welcome to season eight of the Create Better podcast. It's time to create better. Create better family, health, business, and self. Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better, how to create better family, how to create better health, how to create better business, and better self. This is an episode that you do not want to miss if you want to have a better relationship with your money. That's right, with your money. So whether you are a small business owner or the person in charge of the money in your household, or you just want to teach your kids how to have a better relationship with money, you do not want to miss this episode. I am just so thrilled to have the guest that is on my show today. I have not seen her in forever. But thank God for technology, because this beautiful woman is sitting across from me right now. And Lou, Lou is so many brilliant things. She's, and I'm going to just say it, that she's an intuitive CFO. What is that? We're just going to talk about that in a, a moment, because if you have a small business and you want to know how to grow your money, your cash flow, you do not want to miss this episode. I want to say welcome. Welcome, Lou. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone, and thank you, Elaine, for having me. I'm really excited. It's been way too long that we have physically even seen each other like this. I know. So. I'm going to ask you to hold up your mug of tea, and we're yeah. toast right now, toasting. I wish I wish we could be at the same table. Now, now, Lou, this is not your first time on my podcast. In fact, when I first started my podcast, I, I, I think five years ago, <laughs> We were in your minivan driving from London, Ontario to Toronto, and we're like, let's record a podcast. And I love it. I love memories like that. Yeah. So I I love having you back on. And I know that before I called you Sarah. So we're going to touch on that because I'm going to say welcome. Welcome to our listeners. Always so, so honored to have you joining us. And I'm just excited for our time together. And I want to just jump right into it. And I want to ask Lou, Lou, tell us a little bit about you, your story, your beautiful family with a graduate to this year Mm -hmm. and and cutest puppies ever. (laughs) So much to tell, but basically I want to know how did you get to the point that you are right now? Earlier, I mentioned in your intro that you went from being $3 away from bankruptcy, $3 to, to becoming a millionaire. Yeah. And that's crazy. There's like so many questions to ask, like this brilliant woman and her incredible husband, Roger, they, they have a piggy bank system that helped them get to this point. Crazy. She's pointing to the binder. Crazy. I want to know. I'm going to go get some piggy banks. I really want to know. Okay. I'm going to stop talking. Lou, tell us, tell us about you. Well, thank you, Aline, for having me on. And I'm so excited to connect with your listeners. And first, let me start off by saying that I'm so honored to be here and happy that I'm here with you. And 
your podcast is so cool. Like the stuff that you, uh, look at me, I'm like tearing up. Um, the stuff that you share, the guests that you have, like it's a podcast that if you're, if someone's not listening to it, they need to start tuning in Thank as you. soon as you put out, uh, episodes, because honestly, you don't just focus on one thing. We talk about making life better. And I think that is so neat. So thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. And I mean, where do we begin? So, oh, um, I was born Sarah Louise. And uh, in December of 2020, after I had two massive adjustments in my personal life, I decided, you know what, I've always felt that the warrior inside of me was Louise or Lou. Wow. And so I looked at my husband just around Christmas ish. And I said, Raj, what do you think about me changing my name? He's like, to what? <laughs> I said, well, like, just like swapping them. So it'd be Louise, Sarah. And he's like, well, just do whatever you want, you know, like do whatever you I want. That type of thing. And so um, just tell you about a little bit about the name part. Uh, it was New Year's Eve and I'm like, I'm filling out these papers. I'm going to start the year off. Right. Uh, well, I got the papers filled out, but people would not believe how many hoops you have to jump through to change your name to the point that Roger, my husband, he actually has to write a letter that he (laughs) approves of my name change. I have to get a police check. I have to have like this sworn like, I don't even know what it's called. Like wow. I have to explain that it's not cause I've done something illegal. I have to have a judge sign off on it. Like it's a thing. Wow. So hopefully by the end of this year, it will be legal where all of my cards and my banking will all say Lou. But to be honest, that part really came from a place where even back in grade school, when we have too many Sarah's in the class, they'd call me Lou. And so it just, it feels right. And I just, it's time to step into who I truly am because I feel like for the last eight to 10 years, I've just been been hiding behind something or someone and it was just time to own it. So coming out of a cocoon, like this new butterfly. Yeah. And and Lou, did you look up the name? Like, does it mean? It means warrior. It does mean warrior. Yeah, Yeah, it does. So my name was always Princess Warrior. So it's a good name. Um, and Lou is coming from Louise, which is also my grandmother's name on yeah. my dad's side. So he was beyond ecstatic. But if we rewind even years before that, I remember uh, got, I got married when I was 20 mm-hmm. in 2001. And then we had kids in, oh my goodness, we had kids in 2002, four, six, and nine. And when we were four boys, four boys, boys, people. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy with my four boys. I love being the only girl. Um, (laughs) But in the, so everybody knows when you get married, life is kind of hard, right? Like you're in the honeymoon stage and you're, and you're loving each other and not realizing like no one teaches us about money. No one teaches us really about finances. People give you money for your wedding and like, okay, there you go. And then you're like, what, how do I, how do I pay my bills? And I have a credit card and what we like, it was just crazy. And we ended up living more life than we could afford. Mm. And so by the time 2006 came around, uh, we had our third child and we lived in a larger home and I decided that, um, just before Isaac was born, 
I had actually a client that was paying me about $5,000 a month in our business. Wow. Fire me. Oh, because I was pregnant with baby number three. Oh boy. And people are like human rights or whatever, right? Employment rights. I'm like, I wasn't an employee. I was a contractor. That's part of the deal. And, and that left us, I mean, we were already bad. We already refinanced the house a couple of times. Like, and then it was like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And so we ended up having Isaac, our third child. And I remember like sitting on the floor bawling. I remember wondering how we were going to pay for milk. And here I am, by the way, I have been a bookkeeper in my own, like I have a bookkeeping business where I'm helping other business owners like understand their financial statements. Mm -hmm. I'm a bookkeeper and I'm going to declare bankruptcy. Wow! Like it doesn't even make sense because I did have the knowledge and the understanding, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to apply it to my own life. Mm -hmm. And so I remember uh, while we were pregnant with Isaac, we were late for an appointment. And I said to my husband, like, we can't feed the other two boys breakfast. And we got to go, we got to go. We'll stop at the coffee shop. And when we stopped at the coffee shop, this, I love telling this story, but I hate telling this story because Mm -hmm. it just brings up so much emotion because it's, it's, I'm in that moment now. Right. But I remember sitting in the car in the coffee shop and I said, we'll get them breakfast here. And all we had was what was in our pocket was $3 all the other money was accounted for. Like we had no money and we lived less than paycheck to paycheck, but we had $3 and I thought, well, okay, we have $3. What can we get them? And they split a juice and a muffin. Mm. And I remember looking at Roger and I was saying, is this how we're supposed to live? Mm. Like, especially being godly people, like, is this, is this how we've been called to live? Is this what we've been destined to? Is this, is this it? Because mm-hmm. this sucks, like this sucks. And I have to tell you, we went and we understood, we started learning about money. We started mm-hmm. like, yeah, we put numbers in a computer, we print out financial statements. We say people, here's your income, here's your expenses, here's what you're paying tax on. But we started to understand that money mm-hmm. is like another human in your family. You have to build a relationship with your money. Hmm. And so even now when I work with some of my clients, I'm like, if your relationship with money was where the, the money was a child wow. that you have to raise, what state would your child be in? And a lot of them are like, wow, that's, I gr- think I, I think I buried them. That's a great, great analogy, Lou. It's, it's, I've never heard someone compare viewing your finances, your, your money, like a, a child, a member in the family, because you should be checking in every day. If that is your child, you should know where your child is yeah. or at or going to, like you need to maybe even have that future plan for your child, right? Yeah. Like need yeah. to know. I love that analogy. Yeah. Love it. And that's what we did. We started to like learn like, okay, this is going to be, now we have four kids, but our money is now going to be in our relationship. It's going to be a child. We are going to nourish it. We're going to give it the best care. We're going to put it in places it can grow and succeed where it can be nourished. Right. Right. And when you look at your money that way, it's kind of like, do we just want to buy everything and anything? Do we care what's on our credit card? Like, 
you're, and I'm not saying you get to the point where you're so analytical that you're on your bank account 24 seven, but it's got to come from a place where like, you have to nourish this. It's a relationship. Yes. And be healthy. Right. Yeah. And, and Kevin O'Leary, who, you know, well, he is one of my, like, I call them my online mentors, like someone I look up to, but doesn't really know who I am. I remember him saying there's three people in a marriage, the husband, the wife, or the partners, right? The partners, the spouses and money. He's like, marriage is a three-way thing. And it makes so much sense. And now it's interesting because for Roger and I, in our personal finance and business, because we actually are in business together, we're partners in our company, we still are bookkeeping, we're doing CFO work, we're doing so much more now. But I am like the CFO of our company, or sorry, of our, see, it's so much like a business, our family, I am CFO of our family, and he's like the CEO. So even I was doing up our numbers last night on the couch, I'm like, hey, check it out. He's like, Oh, that looks really good. I'm like, yeah, right. And here's where we're at. Here's where we're going. He's like, okay, like five minute conversation because of the systems that we've created. Beautiful. So going from you should $3... make the, you should make spousal workshops. Maybe you already have oh, spousal workshops. Just yeah, have to talk. To, you have to talk to the man behind the camera right now because uh, he can hear you. But right, right. So you know. <laughs> so just for those who are listening, uh, I'm sitting in my YouTube studio. So Roger does all my tech. Like we are a partnership. Like everything we do that. is a partnership. Um, but if we jump back to the three dollars from bankruptcy, like we started learning about money and we started to understand our intuition and and understanding that really, if I want to purchase something or if I want to sell something, if it's not a full body, yes, we don't do it. Mm. So even right now we're looking at a new vehicle. And I said to him, I just, I'm not feeling it fully. Like, let's not make a move until we both fully feel it. Like it has to be a yes, not because Mm -hmm. we want to, not because we have to, or we need to, but it's a feeling of it being the right time. And so I believe money is energy. Just like we are energy, I do believe money is energy. And I do believe you can use your intuition and your thought patterns, right? How you created Easy Daisies, that was a thought that came in. You could have completely dismissed that thought. Mm-hmm. You could have. Or someone oh, said, you could sell that. And you're like, nah, this is for my kids. Like, you wouldn't be where you are. And so when we got right with our money and like built a relationship with our money and built it from there and and took care of it and nurtured it, things just started happening. That's awesome. And so even this past week, I started running the numbers again and we've hit into the $2 million net worth and we're continuing to grow. Our kids' schooling is all paid for. I still have what I call a home investment loan because the word mortgage means death grip. So we don't use that word. We don't use it. Because I believe words have energy, right? And so we call it a home investment loan. This is an investment we're sitting in and we're, and that's what our payment's going to. So for us, it was changing our mindset around money, building the relationship and even changing the words that we use. So And it's just, it's growing from there. It's just, it's. You know what the best part too, Elaine, is we've brought our kids along for the ride. I I was going to say that the best part is that your kids are are watching and learning and living it. Yeah. Right. And it's it's not something passive. It's not something you hide as an adult conversation. It is 
they're, hey kids, this is this is how we are doing this and you should be doing this with us. Yeah. And that's beautiful. I love it. Well, I, and even our uh, 16-year-old, he's already got an investment. Like he put he had he got some money and he created an investment. It's a joint investment with my husband and I because he's not legally allowed to invest yeah, on his own. Right. But he's already got seven thousand, he's 16. And he's got over $7,000 sitting in a high interest investment portfolio. Beautiful. Because I said, what are you going to do with it? Take a little to play with, put most of it away. And so that's William. He's 16. He's the entrepreneur of the kids. This kid can sell anything with value. Um, It's unbelievable how many times I've seen him at the door selling stuff. And it's like, even last summer, only last summer, he wanted to do something with bicycles. And so he started buying and selling bikes to the point where our local mall, our local mall found him on Facebook and said, we have all these bikes that have been abandoned. The police don't want them. They've told us to throw them out. Come and grab whatever you want. No. Yeah. And William grabbed whatever he wanted. He just has to call them and say, I'm coming over. They open the door, let him take whatever he wants. And last year he made over $3,000 in the summer. Just on him. Like, and so that's where the money comes from. Right. And so, uh, and I know we're going to touch on kids and money, but we don't keep anything from our family. We don't keep anything from our kids. We've told them, they know the story. They understand. And even like, mom, I remember we used to eat spaghetti four times a week. I'm like, yeah, because I couldn't afford anything else. Like even now we're buying, like we have steak two or three times a week now. And if you know, big teenage boys, and their meat. Right. And they're like, this is so different. We haven't had spaghetti in so long. I'm like, because when we were broke, there's a difference between being poor and being broke. Mm. When we were broke, Mm. we ate a lot of spaghetti. Mm. And so, um, it's interesting to hear them because even their stories right now, William is like, how do I become financially free? Wow. And, and, and he uses the word millionaire by the time I'm 30. So he's come to us wow. and said, what do I do? And so we've built a plan, right? And our oldest who just graduated high school and was going to a Western university and then on to chiropractic college in Toronto, he's like, I want to pick, what did he say? I want to pick, he wanted a profession mm-hmm. and he's like, I want to pick something that will take care of me and my family mm-hmm. for as long as I work it. There will be a massive uh, asset that someone could purchase at the end where mm-hmm. I'm helping others mm-hmm. heal. Beautiful. And I'm not working 24 seven. And Beautiful. he jumped into Cairo. So trust me when I say when you, I know we're getting off the kids thing, but trust me when I say when you, when you really allow your kids into your relationship with money and you help them to understand where you're at, Absolutely. it's easier for them to go, I don't want that right? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want that part of my life or how do I get better than that? And I don't know about you, but I know from my family um, and people I know that are my age, our parents never talked about money. Nope. Nope. I I think it's the same. And uh, I mean, I know that my parents made me understand and appreciate that a dollar for sure. And I worked every summer and I worked for my dad, even at a car dealership, I would work. And I, I, I remember I worked like every day for like the whole entire summer trying to make money and I never got a paycheck at the end. And I thought, wow. huh, what? <laughs> and this is, I was working for my dad and he said, oh no, he goes, your entire paycheck went to pay for your young drivers of Canada program. I'm like, 
oh, I had no idea I was doing that. I had no idea I was paying for it, but that's okay. And it showed me, wow, I, I worked like every day except for Sunday in the summer. And I never saw a dime and, but it went towards something I was supposed to do and had to do. And it made me value that. Like it was, so I I fully understand working for something. Yeah. And, you know, like even now with our kids, they understand like we have like three S's when you get money. It's like, you know, you save some, you spend some and you share some. And, and so that they understand that, you know, you're not going to get a hundred dollars and then you're going to buy a hundred dollar t-shirt for goodness sakes, yeah. <laughs> but, but that, 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 that a dollar, whether it's a hundred or a dollar has to, to have some longevity yeah and you have to appreciate it and have that. I love that you said, like have a, a relationship with it. So smart. Definitely. Definitely. I love it. I love that. And you know, Elaine, the piece too is, and what I have found, because we do have multiple six figures in the bank accounts now, like we, like, it's just the way it flows now. Right. And I know it's going to continue growing, but the reason why is because now when we get money, we're like, okay, that thing I wanted, I kind of like seeing the money in my account better. Mm. I kind of like seeing it make money. I'd maybe, you know, instead of buying this, let's put that money into your, you know, tax-free savings account or mm. an RSP or a 401 or just a, like, you get to the point where you appreciate so much more when you have it, that you're very selective on what you purchase, which so, I find very interesting as well. So Lou, like uh, a lot of people may, may not know all those terms, like um, in a tax-free savings account. So do you think that these are things people can learn on their own? Or do you think that everybody needs to have a financial advisor uh, or planner? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think if you're just starting out, Google is everybody's best friend. You can put in how, even if you're right, how do I invest my money Mm. in whatever state, province, country, whatever you're in, it will give you ideas. When you're first starting out and you don't have I would say if you had like under five or $10,000, talk to your bank, talk to your bank and say, I have some money or I want to create a plan. And they have pretty simple um, accounts and programs that you can go in. I know for us personally, we do have a financial advisor who started out as an amazing friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was telling her, the story we had with the kids RESPs, which is up in Canada, our um, education savings plan. And she was like, you need to move it. Like where you're at, this is what's going to happen. And I didn't realize the plan I selected 15 years before. It was just a completely different, it was a pool plan. Like your money goes in a pool. How many kids graduate? Everybody divides it out. Like, it wasn't like you got all your own money. It was really weird. Um, And she was like, you need to move this into an investment portfolio. You need to do this. You need to do that. And uh, so three years ago, we gave it to her and uh, it's grown almost a hundred percent since she's taken it over. So it's really good to eventually find a financial planner or a financial advisor who can fully understand what your dreams are and what your financial situation is now. So even when uh, all this real estate was going crazy, I went to her right away and said like, 
what are my options? I have all this equity in my house. I have this cash over here, this cash over here. What should we do? Mm-hmm. And it was just nice to talk to somebody mm-hmm. who had the experience and the knowledge that we may not have. Um, so that's where I would start. I would, if it's small or you're just starting a plan, definitely talk to the bank. If you have larger money to put away, like larger sums, or you want to transfer it, or you want to see if what you're already doing is good enough. Uh, cause that happened. We referred one of our friends to the same financial advisor and she was said, uh, to my friend, she said, you made $60. Like she had a huge amount. You made $60 this year. And it was because the financial advisor had no interest in growing this friend's portfolio. And mm. now that she's moved over to mine, uh, they're seeing significant growth. So That's you got to find the person that fits you. But if you're like, I have a hundred dollars a month to start, go to the bank and yeah. ask them how you can do that. That's how you awesome. Can that great, great advice. Great advice. And definitely yeah. when it's word of mouth referrals, that's always so much great. better. Yeah. When trusting people with your child, the money, that's right. you really want to make sure it's in good hands. Yeah. And I want to jump into, you, you were so knowledgeable, Miss Lou. And so I, I want to, I know that many of my listeners are small business owners. And Ooh. so what would you say are your top five tips and strategies for, for knowing and growing your money as a small business owner? Well, interesting enough, I'll just do a little bit of feedback or not feedback, but I'm just going to go back two seconds here and say, I mentioned that when we were $3 from bankruptcy, we were bookkeepers and we were both working from home partners. We have now since grown that firm even larger. So we've been doing this for 24 years to the point where like my tagline has always been know your numbers so you can grow your numbers. And I think it's really important because most business owners never look at their financial statements. Most don't even do their bookkeeping until the government's knocking at the door saying you need to file a return of some sort, Mm -hmm. right? And so I bring that up because what we did within our firm is we found the holes where people needed the help. So there is a bookkeeper who inputs your history. It's historical data. We are not doing future telling, uh, but what it is, it's historical data. What's happened in your business up until this day then that produces a financial statement that you're supposed to look at. And then you go to an accountant and file your taxes. Mm -hmm. There is a huge piece in the middle that's missing. Hmm. And that's where large corporations have CFOs or chief financial officers. And so I remember saying to my husband, like, people are coming to me and asking me all these different things. And like, shouldn't they be going to the accountant? So I started talking to a couple of accountants. They're like, that's not us. Like, we don't do that. And so I found a mm-hmm. hole that mm-hmm. I could serve and that's a, a strong place in where our business is right now. So I always get these things like, what can you tell me? Five things right now, right? Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. to kind of give some feedback on where mm-hmm. we're at, because it's not like I stopped being a bookkeeper. I've been doing this since I was 17. Mm-hmm. Now your audience can do the math. If they caught those <laughs> two numbers, they'll know how old Well, because I can see this beautiful lady. When you look at her, she looks like she's like 20. So Bless your oh, the math doesn't Bless work. your heart, your face and everything else. <laughs> okay. So for me, my top five tips uh, for knowing or growing your money as a small business owner. Number one is educate yourself because here's the piece. Most people who have a negative relationship with money. Okay. Negative means 
you don't like looking at your bank account. Mm. You're afraid to open an invoice. The envelope from the government shows up in your mailbox and you get like, oh my gosh, I can't open this. I feel sick. I feel nauseous, right? Or your credit card bill comes and you're like, I can't open it. That's a really toxic relationship with your money. And if that was a human being, you wouldn't have that relationship. We can't remove our relationship with money, but we have to choose to make it better. So when I say think of your relationship with money as a child, that gives you more control in the relationship because as your child is little, you're responsible for it, mm-hmm. right? So it gives, it, gives, it gives the person with the money a more a sense of control. So when you educate yourself on what needs to be done as a business owner, how do I operate my money properly? How much should I be taking mm-hmm. as an owner? Mm-hmm. How much should I be leaving for profit, paying taxes? When you can get all those questions answered, then your fear and anxiety around your business, your money, your personal money will go away because people are in fear because of lack of knowledge. Absolutely. So Absolutely. if you, if you say knowledge yourself, but if you educate yourself, <laughs> I just make up words. I make up words too. Okay, good. Uh, but if you educate yourself, then you remove that fear. I love it. I love so it. educate. That would be my first one. Then that, the second thing I would definitely say, and these are in no particular order. Okay. So it's not like do this, then do this. This is just five in general. The second thing I would do is pay, play, sorry, pay close attention to your cash flow, to your money, because not every dollar coming into your business should be going, shouldn't, sorry, every dollar that comes in your business should not be going into your pocket, but it also should not be going into an expense. Mm -hmm. Like we have a process that I have worked through. That's a strategy with our CFO clients that you bring a dollar in so much goes here. So much go like we put it into pots, right. Or into bank accounts because the easiest way to lose your grasp on money is to spend every penny you get. Absolutely. Brilliant. It, so educate yourself and then pay attention to your money, like to your cash flow. Mm-hmm. Where is it going? What are you buying? Like we, and then number three, you need a budget. People don't like that. Even I'm saying it, I always close my eyes when I say the word, cause I don't like the word. It feels constrictive. It feels like something's controlling me and my spending, but A budget only works with the energy you give it. So Mm -hmm. if you're excited about your budget, knowing you can move things around, like if you Mm want to pay for coaching this month, but don't have the full amount, then maybe we'll take something out of advertising or meals, Mm -hmm. right? Or office supplies, like you can move the money around, but having a budget is what's going to control your cash flow. Absolutely. And if you relate that back to a child, would you just let your child run out in the street? Would you just let them eat whatever they want? No, you'd have a boundary. You would have guidelines. I know it's so funny. Like when you're talking about budget, I'm like picturing like a a daily visual schedule, right? Like it's your time in chunks as your money is because you're only given 24 hours. And let's say if you get $5,000 a month, you need to know where it goes and how, Absolutely. how it's being used. Brilliant. And you and and understanding your money flow, what we call it cash flow, but your and I also call it your money flow. When you get to the end of the month, and and a lot of business owners are like this right now, there's more month than money. Mm. Meaning we run out of money just before the month ends. 
Then there's resentment in your business because you worked all those days and you have nothing to show for it because of your habits that you've created. So if you want to, if you want your business to grow, you have to remove the resentment of working for nothing. And the way you do that is to watch your cash flow through budgets. So that's number three. Love it. Uh, one, two. Okay. Number four, I would highly, highly recommend you hire someone, whether it's a bookkeeper or the accountant at the end of the year, it's important to have someone on your team that actually knows the process has the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So even right. for my, even it. my clients, they'll call, can I call you? I'm like, sure. And they're like, okay, so I have this and da, 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 da. And what do I do with this? And how does, and like, it's a phone call, right? They're paying me retainers so they can call me and ask questions. Sometimes that's a lot more cost-effective than sitting there for four hours, Googling something, even though I said, Google, how do I, but yeah, in absolutely. general, for sure. right. It's like, okay, well, I spent four hours researching that. Well, what is your time per hour? Yes. And, and you know, that, that is a very great point, Lou, because often as the entrepreneur, as you know, cause you've heard these stories over and over because you and I have been surrounded by incredible entrepreneurs for yeah. like a decade and we think we have to wear all the hats, right? Yeah. But we are definitely not experts at, at everything. And especially when it comes to the finances, I mean, it's beautiful that you have a, a money background and like bookkeeping background, but many, like I was a school teacher and never did I ever get pulled aside to learn how to be a manufacturer, a distributor, yeah. a sales rep, a bookkeeper, an accountant, none of the above. But to, to say, please, I, I am going to invest money because in order to make money, you do have to use it yeah. and hire someone who knows what they're talking about. Like someone who understands what bookkeeping is, someone who understands cash flow, someone who, who gets it so that they are on top of that and, and can be a part of your team so that you can focus on what you are good at, right? So, yes. so valuable. Thank you. It is. And when you're, when you're looking at a bookkeeper, make sure... I don't even at this point care what their college degrees are. I want to know how much experience you have. I want to know mm-hmm. what your success rate is. How long have you had your current clients for? Because if I, if I like I've had most of my clients for over 20 years, wow. 15 to 20 years. So they're still here. So I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people hire bookkeepers who don't really understand even bookkeeping, forget the budgets and the cash flows. Like honestly, Elaine, I could have opened up a whole sector of my firm just fixing bookkeeping files because people just, they say they know, but they don't know. And so on that point, this is the thing that my, I call him my accounting father. He was my accountant who helped me through all my co-ops. Um, Bob was a great guy. He's still around. He's just retired. So I'm going to see him uh, like I used to, but he used to say, remember one thing. And I'd say, what's that, Bob? When you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. <sighs> and I go, I'm sure my face looked like this too. I'm like, that makes no sense. And he goes, exactly. And he walked out of the room and I was like, Oh, okay. So I think the point is it makes no sense to pay 
cheap rates because you're probably going to get poor service. So I would say like, that's one you guys can take peanuts. <laughs> you get monkeys. I never, I still am like, that was 20 years ago. And I'm still like, that's, that's awesome. I have to remember yeah. that when you pay peanuts, you get monkeys, you get monkeys. Like unless then, you want monkeys, unless you want monkeys, but you don't, <laughs> you don't. not in your money. Okay. If not you're going to invest money. anywhere, it's in your money because most bookkeepers go, Hey, here's your financial statements. Here's my bill. Let me know if you have any questions because on our basic bookkeeping uh, program, that's what we do. But on my other tiers, depending on what my clients need, like I have a call tomorrow with a partnership that I'm their CFO. We're going through cash flows and budgets and projections and client analysis. Like there's so many parts mm-hmm. that not your average bookkeeper does. And that's what I was saying earlier. That's the mm-hmm. whole, I'm like, I can fill this. Right. See a need, fill a need. It's from the robots movie. I don't know how I remember that, but I do, but it's like, I see a need and I need to fill it. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, number five, I would fully say, and I touched on this a little bit in the beginning, use your intuition, you know, full body. Yes. And full body. No. Right. Like Elaine, if I said, okay, leave your house right now and go rob the bank. You'd be like, no, that's a full body. No. Right. And if I was like, Elaine, go out and cut your flowers or buy yourself some flowers. You deserve it. You'd be like, that feels right. (laughs) Right. That's a full body. Yes. So use your intuition when it comes to how you run your business and your numbers. Mm -hmm. I mentioned it for Roger and I, like, unless it's a full body, yes, I'm not going in on it. Mm -hmm. Like, and sometimes your money mindset will prevent you from making a decision it's taken me uh, three years to agree to replace a window on our house. I don't know why it's been a thing. It's being replaced. It didn't even cost that much money. I don't, but it was, I was stuck. I had a block there, but a lot of times in your business, you know, yes, I need this, or that's not, I don't know how I feel about that. Use your intuition to grow your finances, to grow your, your numbers. If you are going through Starbucks or any other coffee shop, and you're spending five to $8 a day. Not only is that not really good for your waistline, because I know I've gained 60 pounds off of those type of daily habits. Uh, but that is, that's not serving you. Like that is not, that's not serving you. It's not serving your company. It's not serving your business. Okay, fine. You get to write it off as a meal Mm -hmm. expense, but it would be doing so much more for you if you put that money away instead mm-hmm. of drinking it. Mm-hmm. And so learning what the full body is, the full body, yes and no, and just really using your intuition. Because so is that like your gut, like going with your yeah. gut? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like your gut feeling. Like when you started Easy Daisies and it was for the classroom and then you were like, I think I might be onto something. Like this might be something. That's your intuition or your gut telling you, mm-hmm. you got to do this. Yeah, it's, it's a great reminder. Like I've made... Wrong decisions, going with you know, pulling on heartstrings rather than listen to my gut. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I, I know you've heard me share this one before. It was an expensive uh, mistake that I made. I call it the ten thousand dollar quick crash course on going with your gut. <laughs> and it was you know, a, a distributor in France who who wrote to me saying he'd love to distribute easy daisies. And, you know, and I actually ignored the emails in the beginning because I, I wasn't ready to deal internationally. And I don't know this person. 
but he wrote to me for like a year and a half. And then he's like, you know, we've had communication now for a year and a half. I think we know each other and I'd like to place this order. And I'm like, okay. And so, you know, we went through the ropes and there was was a huge process to get things uh, translated into international French to get product uh, safety tests for the CE logo, which is which is for uh, Europe, uh, safety testings, and all these things, many costs accrued. And then right when the order was going on the boat to Europe, he called and said, I have to cancel his order. And I said, pardon me. (laughs) And he said, you know, one of my company, uh, other vendors that went bankrupt and it affected us. However, if you did send this to your product, it would really help my family, is what he was saying. And so in, in the year and a half, you know, he showed me pictures of his four-year-old son and, you know, I sent Purdy's chocolate to his son and, and, you know, like all this. And, and, you know, he's like, Elaine, if you send it to me, give me net terms, at least then I can survive for my family and this and that. My gut was saying, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. But I did, and it's been, I don't know, five years, and I've never gotten paid. And, and I mean, I didn't just let it go. Like for two years, I chased and I yeah. tried. And a lawyer advised me that it's never good to use good money for bad. And even if I did win a, a legal suit, it doesn't guarantee that I get paid, anyways. So I didn't pursue that. But it was a huge lesson to go with your gut. <laughs> go with your gut. And it's, and it's true because you're an entrepreneur on purpose. Like this was your, this is part of your purpose on, on this earth. So you have to be able to trust the thoughts that you're having, the feelings that you're having. Mm -hmm. And like, to the point, Elaine, I'll tell you this. I used to, this even, this happened this week, like this happened the last two days where like, I have a couple of clients and I've always told my clients, look, pay me as you can. I, because of the, the situation with the pandemic and stuff, I'm getting the work done because the government needs the returns, but pay me when you can. And mm. I know some of my clients are like, don't want to open the invoice, even though it's the same amount every month, there's no <laughs> surprise. Cause I hate surprises when it comes to money. So I don't do that to my clients, but I do have clients who get nervous about opening the invoice and they'll wait. And then I'll be like, Hey, just checking to make sure you still have that invoice because it's been three weeks, right? And they're like, yes, yes, yes. I promise I'll get to, I promise. I'm never worried about getting paid, but I've been working on my money mindset and my relationship with money even more in the last two weeks, just because I know I can be better with what I'm doing. You're never mm-hmm. going to be perfect, but mm-hmm. just keep growing and keep and keep evolving, right? Keep mm-hmm. coming out of the, like, I feel like I've built in a cocoon and I'm coming out again, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I sent out all these invoices on Monday morning. And in that were people who forget to pay or nervous to pay or whatever, right? Cash flow things. And uh, they've all paid. I woke up this morning and like I had invoices. Oh, one hasn't. I should say one, but I think they're on vacation. But I even woke up and I said to my husband, I go, they're all paid. And he's like, really? I'm like, that's weird because that never happens, like never happens. And so I thought about like, what's changed the energy that I'm putting out Mm. to my money, to my clients, to my services has changed 
Mm. because there's no anxiety with it anymore. There's no fear. Like once people mm. don't pay, what if they don't, what if they, you know, all those, mm-hmm. what if things like, I'm going to put mm. this invoice out. What if they get mad? I used to have that. I have one client. And just in the last month, I was like, you know what? No, this is my bill because she just someone who likes to like, well, what about this? So like, they're just a little picky. Right. Mm-hmm. But because I've changed my energy and I've upped my game and my money mindset and understanding my intuition like it's coming, you reap what you sow. So whatever you're putting okay. out is coming back. Love and it. so that's what I mean about using your intuition as well. Like every time I send an invoice, I'm like, love and light, bless these people. Love and light. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I literally send out my invoices now. I love it. I love it. It is true. So, yeah. mm, so reap what you sow and, and not be afraid to, to send a bill because yeah. You, your services, your products are absolutely uh, valuable. And, you know, and that's like probably another tip 101 there is, you know, to make sure that your pricing is right, right? Like yeah. to, to not undervalue and do like, you know, I go through this fear too, like every year I'm like, oh, you know, because is it it, mine is like a, dom- a domino effect, right? Because I, I rely on on magnets, right? Resources that they, they go up in cost, which means the manufacturer hit manufacturing costs have increased yeah. which means i need to change prices too and it's a it's a tricky like it is like i'm i'm honest and i will say that it makes me sick and nauseous too like i i i absolutely was one of those people who when i first started it's like oh i, I didn't make easy daisies to make money it was to help families and yes it does help families but come on right like it, it i can't make it for free though so it is, no. it's, it's a very tricky thing. And I am still very honored, so honored when, when people buy easy daisies, when I store yeah. orders, like I, I'm just blown away and it's been like 10 years and, and I'm still blown away, really honored. And, um, I, I know that, uh, and Kim Larry had a book about money. I have it somewhere. <laughs> But, but he, he, pokes, he pokes fun at me in that book because like, it talks about how I value relationships in, in business. And in the beginning, I would only be selling to local retailers and I would hand deliver the order with like freshly baked cookies. Cookies. I was going to say, that's coming out of Elaine's mouth. It's going to be cookies. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, and my retailers are still with me and they still bring those stories up. And but it is just being grateful, right? And having that gratitude and still knowing that you still deserve to be paid. Yeah. And yeah. you can't give it away for free. And yeah. And when you do send out your invoice, it's a self-confidence thing really in the end. And, but when you send that invoice out, it, it, here's the other thing. If you have an agreed upon amount, whether it's a product or a service and you have something contractually, even if it's in an email, you can't be scared to send the bill because they already know it's coming. Right. And that's one thing too. Like I charge what I'm worth and I know I am not right for everybody. Mm-hmm. I know that because mm-hmm. depending on what you need and that's absolutely. okay too. And it's something you do work on, but as you build your confidence, send those invoices out with love and light. And even if you're like, one of the things I did is I have one client, she hates to open invoices. So I'd actually write, Hey, your invoice is attached. It's in the amount of, <sighs> So she wouldn't be like, oh, you know, pushing that button. So, but it was just the energy you put out. Definitely well, use your intuition. I love that you know your clients. And when I mean know them, I mean, you know, 
their energy towards yeah <laughs> towards well, uh, money well that's my job like that's in a way that's my job right and and for me it's always You're been a money so- doctor yeah, I'm a money doctor. And in the, in the way to like, this would be, this is a whole other conversation, but it's about giving your customer an experience, not a service. Mm-hmm. So if I understand where they're coming from and I understand their, I understand their heartstrings, I understand what sets them off. Like I have a couple of clients. I will not email them on Fridays. Mm-hmm. They don't want news before the weekend. Yes. Yeah. Good on you for right. knowing that. Yeah. It's about giving your customer an experience. And when you can do that, you're worth more than you'll ever know. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I can't imagine how many referrals you get because what do people talk about is how, and what is what they remember and what mm-hmm. they remember is how somebody made them feel. So good on you. And, and that's how like multi-million dollar companies survive. And it's because they create that experience. And so great, great, great tips. And, you know, there's so much. I'm going to say that this is probably going to split into two podcasts because there's so much value that is being offered here, Lou. So thank you. Lou has shared so many great tips and strategies with us on how to know and grow your money as a small business owner. Now, we want to keep this episode short and sweet, so we're going to end it here, but you do not want to miss part two, where Lou shares three must-knows for tax write-offs. And you also want to catch the story on how she and her husband, Roger, use piggy banks as a word of advice to share with parents how to teach your kids how to be millionaires. So I will see you on part two. See you then. Bye for now.